Welcome to the Happy Client Show. This is the weekly podcast dedicated to helping inbound agencies master the art of truly delighting their clients. This episode is brought to you by Do Inbound, the project and process management platform built by an agency for agencies. Learn more at doinbound.com. Now, here are your hosts, Ben and Andrew. Hey guys, welcome back to the Happy Client Show, the happiest show on earth when it comes to inbound partnerships and client relations. My name is Ben Butler, and I'm joined here in studio. Usually I would have a coffee in hand, but haven't made any yet by my co-host, Andrew Dimsky. Andrew, how you doing? I'm doing good, brother. Excited to di- dive into even more talk today on websites and how that fits into the client journey. We've got some cool stuff here on the the process, diving into actually a web design project and how should it flow and maybe some steps that could help some folks make it a little bit smoother. I'm excited to dive in. Yeah, last last time we talked about uh, why a website is integral to the inbound process and in essence why you should be merciless about the quality of the website and the way that the website is procured, created, and tweaked. Uh, now we're diving into a website project and really putting it under the microscope because I'm going to be honest with you guys. Website projects have the potential to be the biggest disasters of all time when it comes to uh, inbound partnerships. There is literally so much that can go wrong. And I know when I first started doing website projects, I was incredibly naive about the potential of what could go wrong. And it really comes down to this. We shouldn't blame our clients for a website that's gone wrong if we don't have a process in place for handling it. You have to come to every new website project with that process and you have to set those expectations up front in the sales process. Amen, brother. So on the point of process, let's dive in now to 10 steps that can help you run a smoother web design process. Ben, you want to kick us off with step one? I'd be happy to. Step one, and this is beyond scoring the deal. You know, The hope here is that you will score the deal, and I argue that you'll be better equipped to do so if you do this first and foremost. Step one, dive deep, and I mean deep. If I could underline that and bold that in your minds, I would, but I don't have access to your brain right now. Dive deep into their needs in the sales process. Before you even toss out a number or a time estimation or details of any sort, you need to open your ears and close your mouth and understand what your prospect is looking for. Here are a few questions that you want to evaluate and ask. What is their overall goal? What is the functionality that they're looking for? What kind of site is it? What kind of templates? How many? How large is this project? Do they have any known issues? This could be they have five faux sites that are out there right now that they need to consolidate. They have several different whatevers. You need to know those issues. And do they need to migrate anything else? Don't slim on the details in the sales process. Dive deep. And this will help you understand whether, you know, at the end of the day, whether the project is right for you or not. And it will also help you to run a smoother process. I love digging into the why of all of these things too, Ben, because I think most times normal companies out there who don't live and breathe inbound think that this, the solution to all of their problems is a brand new website that looks pretty when at the root there are perhaps deeper causes of pain there that a website can't help unless it's built within a larger inbound strategy. So diving into these questions and then just asking the simple follow-up of why is that important for you guys? is really, really helpful through this process. So setting expectations through the sales process, key to moving forward. And step two is a part of that, and that's establishing budget immediately. When you're working with a prospect going through the sales process, 
you want to figure out where are we on the scope of possibilities. If you had three different buckets that you could put this in, where would you put your budget for this project? Is it 5,000 or less? You know, is it uh, 10 to 30,000? Is it 30 to 50? Is it 50 plus? Establish those ranges so that you and the client can begin to speak along the same wavelength. If there is a divergence here in expectations and the client's describing their problem and you are thinking in your head, oh, great, like we could build a phenomenal website for this. We could pair it up with some awesome inbound content to answer their questions. You come to the table with a $50,000 proposal and in their head they were thinking, well, maybe $12,000 is what I think will be a good, a good price point for this new website. You are up a creek there because <laughs> you have really not taken any time to get their expectation on the budget side. So, I mean, we've heard this all the time, Ben. And I'm sure if you're listening right now, you've heard this as well. Most people don't have a number in mind when it comes to budget and at least they don't want to come and tell you right away. That's why I like that bucket analogy right there because you get them in a range, but you don't need their commitment on a hard number. And then that gives you the ability to say, okay, based on what you told me your budget is and based on what I heard from your expectations, here are several different options that we put together. And I think when you compare those things together, Ben, you really do a better job of understanding the expectation and getting on the same page before you get too deep into the process. Yeah. And I think even more so to address the I don't know kind of people is on the first or second discovery call, toss out a range and see what happens. You, you know, if someone's not willing to spend the money, then, and if they're not even willing to spend enough money to make it worth your while, then this is a great opportunity to say, you know what, we don't think that you are the ideal client for us because, you know, this just doesn't fit as us as an agency. And I know you might be always looking for additional income, but it's going to be more of a headache than it's worth in a, in a, you know, particular situations like this. So throw out a range and see how it sits with them. Is it close to budget? Is it way out? And get a feel and you can go from the budget conversation from there as well. But once you score the deal, okay, scoring the deal is not the hard part. And everyone thinks that sales is, you know, that is the hardest part of my project. And I'm here to tell you that sales, it takes a talented person to draw out those details, to draw out a a price and negotiate and to persuade uh, and to really align themselves with the needs of the client. But to actually pull off the project smoothly in a way that's still profitable to your agency is extremely difficult. And that is where a lot of the journey uh, goes wrong. Someone might have an awesome sales process, but the journey itself after that to create the website is just a disaster. So you have to be clear with your expectations in the sales process. Don't promise the moon if you can't reel the moon in and deliver it. But also to really finalize details in a contract and to get everything on paper, which is step three, finalize details in a contract. And if you make it past the first two steps, then you're well on your way. But at this point, you need to solidify the exact details of the project. Amen. And I like... And when you're going through like your discovery process and this is a web design project you're working on, dive into these elements early, understand the number of templates you need, understand the number of pages, understand whether or not there's strategy work going into it, is there keyword work going into it, who's writing the copy, where are the images coming from. Get all those things out early, Ben, like you said, but then in step three here, have those things itemized in a contract so that when you review that contract, the fine print hides no surprises. That's a big goal of your fine print. You don't want them to come back. You've gotten them that far down the sales process. You've gotten a verbal yes, and then they read the fine print. They're like, whoa, 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 what is this? 
that is not the point for surprises. You want to flesh out all those details that could raise eyebrows in the fine print of your contracts prior to getting the verbal yes so that when you do review it with the client, there's no issues there, which rolls right into the kickoff payment. Step four, gathering a percentage of your contract to start. Uh, most of the times we like to get 50% of the contract at the beginning if it's a project-based um engagement uh but if it's a if it's a rather large project you might need to split that up into two or three or sorry three or four different payments through the project life cycle lining up different milestones that click and activate different payments at that point but not beginning work until you get paid ben i think that's a a very important point for agencies to grasp is that we shouldn't get too far down the drive devoting too much time energy resources to something before the client's willing to pay for that type of work and the reality is, depending on the website project and the client, websites take a freaking long time. There are some websites that they span – I wouldn't be surprised some that have spanned two years and that's just what it took. Uh, some that take six months, some that take nine months. Uh, it's it's very, very normal for a website project, especially of a medium size, to take time. It just takes time from start to finish. And so it's so important to gather money before you start work because you need to have something to keep things going with. You need to pay your expenses. You need to pay your team and your developers. And it might be a while until you see that next that next paycheck because of those milestones. Maybe one milestone is you know, uh, the template phase, but it might take you six months to get to the template phase. I mean, hopefully it doesn't take you that long, but you know, you need to be thinking in the sense of we need to keep things going and it might be a while till we see the next paycheck. So to really think about gathering money up front and our recommendation would be 50% in most cases. Uh, and step five, this is really diving into the actual, okay, now we're going to create a website stage. Uh, step five is to gather design preferences, inspirations, and logins. So you're beginning to lay the groundwork. And before you put a mouse click to Photoshop or Illustrator or even develop, which you'll see why in a minute we say design preferences first, you need to have a baseline understanding of your client's design preferences. And one way that we've gathered this is we put together a survey form that points us in the right direction. It asks fundamental things like what kind of navigation do you prefer? Uh, what is your color set? You know, What is your fonts? How do you prefer those headings to be? Some very fundamental things that are going to help us get mini closes and mini yeses. And it's also going to point our development and design team in the right way. Amen. Gather, and that goes back to expectations, Ben, just like getting the stuff out early that you need to do your job well. That prevents the six-month drag-on project. You want When the iron's hot and they sign the deal, get as much freaking content out of that prospect or out of that client, rather, that you can at that point so that you don't have those projects that lag on and lag on. Those projects that lag go back to inefficient processes and inefficient organization and typically a low class of client. If you can set the, the bar high through your sales process and you can make sure you've got systems and processes in place to gather the information you need, you shouldn't see a long lag like that because if your team has the information, you are the only constraint on your ability to create. And I would hope that agencies are excited to wrap up projects and move forward with strength and with vigor. Um, and so gather those design preferences right up front. And then that rolls into step six, which is kicking off the mock-ups. Uh, having a mock-up phase, I think, is really important. And I know that inside of the web designer circles, this is kind of a point of contention. Do we want to 
get detailed mock-ups created or do, do we want to go with more of like a, a brand, a mood board, like get the feel and then give the developer and the, the creative team the flexibility to build what they want in that space. I love the idea of detailed mock-ups, Ben, because it shows the client exactly what they're going to get and exactly what they're going to experience. The one downside of mock-ups is one thing that can look great inside of Illustrator might not look as great in the live environment in the world. If you've got a, a button in a certain spot, well, what happens when you hover over it or what happens when you scroll down? Is this is this screen that we're looking at in Photoshop stretching full width to browser or is it set in a container? Those are different questions you've got to work through, but the goal of the mock-up phase is to present a design option so that the client gives us the okay so that once we sink in the deep investment of actually coding, we've got the verbal okay that, yes, this is what you're building. This is where you're moving forward. And I think adding that mock-up phase is critical to the process so that the client can give you approval before you even start coding. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it can take a lot of time to develop a lot of assets and just so much to develop something and then have the client <clears throat> come in and say, I hate this. You need to tear this all down and start again. You can avoid that by – and it takes considerably less time to do it in Illustrator or Photoshop. And there is a lot more flexibility there that can be had. Uh, so I think the mock-up phase really saves you a lot of time in the long run and gets you on the same page faster. And another thing it helps you to do is to say, you know what? If you approve these mock-ups, this is what you're going to get. So you know upfront exactly what you're going to get, exactly what we're going to put together. Uh, and I think there's a, a key point that needs to be made here. Sometimes a client will take charge of their own mock-ups. And this can be a really key point if the client you're working with has a design team that is very strict on things. And just a word of caution, if this is the case, you need to be very integral to that process. You need to be working hand-in-hand -hand with them because they might design something, but in reality, maybe that design does not fit with inbound. Maybe that design uh, isn't achievable on WordPress or HubSpot COS. So you, if that is your case and in the mock-up phase, the client insists on doing it, you need to be really tight. And if there's something that uh, isn't feasible or isn't strategic, you always got to go back to why, but to insert your uh, strategic opinion in there as well. Amen. goes back to the why each and every time. And the why of the site architecture is also important as well. And that brings us to step seven here. Preparing that site architecture and understanding the lay of the land is important before you start building out pages. Because the mock-ups kind of dig into what are the templates going to look like for each of the different types of pages that we're going to build out. Then laying out the site architecture and understanding the you know what's the the taxonomy look like for our home page about page team page company page the different blogs that we're going to do the different resources we're going to create laying all that stuff out on a spreadsheet is really nice to be able to see exactly what's going in it's a great place to tie in the keywords that you're going to use for each of those different sections of the site throughout that architecture and also Ben just like the mock-ups give them a, an impression of what's going to happen in the design side sharing that spreadsheet gives the, gives them the same opportunity to give almost like a 10,000 foot view of the blueprint of the pages on the site and give thumbs up or thumbs down on the exact pages that are getting transferred from the old site new pages that are being created who's taking point on content for each page all those fun little details that can really derail a project if there's not alignment at the start yeah, and that's really the theme here is you want to get alignment as soon as you possibly can because the further along you go and you can't get that, that's that's contributing to a disaster project. So you have to get that 
as early as you can. And kind of moving into the project standpoint where step eight, we're going to be talking about the launch, you know, how to launch the project and kick off some simultaneous objectives at once. This is where you have agreement, you know what you're doing, everyone's on the same page and you're ready to put the rubber to the road here. Uh, And this is a really big point as well. The biggest project management mistake in website projects is handling tasks one at a time. And as a project manager, you have to think 3D or even 4D. You have to think of all the dimensions of things that are going on. And you have to be able to say, what can we do concurrent to something else? And here's a good example. While you're doing the mock-up design phase, you need to be at least evaluating a site architecture or leading that process. And also, you can be doing SEO research at the same time. These things take time to do, but they can all be achieved in their own separate uh, kind of harmony, their own separate way simultaneously. And so you're getting a lot more done. And by leading different teams to do these things simultaneously, you're going to be moving the project forward. And Andrew, I love how you said that earlier is that agencies should be really hungry to finish projects, not just for the sake of, you know, we want to get this done in a sloppy manner, but you should be trying to get projects in and out the door and creating high quality work as fast as you possibly can, because that frees you up to do other things. And so thinking concurrently is going to allow you to do that. Amen, Ben. So now here we are, we have kind of planned out concurrently, how are we going to tackle these different things? We are getting an approval on the site architecture, getting approval on the mock-ups. How do we move forward, Ben, from these points to actually building a website, kicking it off, getting it live, and what are some things that we should be paying attention to through this process? Yeah, and this will take us through step nine and ten. And obviously these these ten steps, this is the milestones at the very bare minimum that we recommend you hit. You might have an additional four or five to throw in here to bridge that gap between development and launch. Uh, But I think at the very least, step nine, maintain consistent communication. Website projects fall off the rails and derail because project managers don't communicate progress. And as as you know from if you're a longtime listener of the Happy Client Show, we have several communication philosophies. Over-communication is good. Under-communication is bad. So we want to make it a habit to communicate updates and the big updates, especially for our clients. And so while we're developing templates, we want to say, hey, we developed the homepage template. Take a peek. We developed the about page template. Take a peek. And to kind of piecemeal it to them so that if there's something that we need to fix or if there's a problem, we can sniff it out and address it as soon as possible. Again, this concurrent mentality. While we're building the about page template, the client should be able to review and provide feedback on the homepage template. Again, concurrent thinking. And so if you're running into a snag, if something's happening, if the client owes you something or the actions of your client is going to delay it, you need to communicate, 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 communicate. And I know several projects now that we're, we've run and are running, we've had a Slack channel dedicated to that website project, especially the really, really big ones. Because we need to open the lines of communication and talk about things that are happening, ask questions. We need direct access. Uh, and so that's been one way to keep communication consistent, but also to have milestone meetings just, again, to make sure that everything is on the same uh, same wavelength and that you're moving in the right direction. Because without that communication, terrible things are going to happen. Ben, terrible things happen when you don't communicate? Oh, my goodness. When it comes to clients... 
the worst the worst possible thing <laughs> disaster <laughs> well avoiding disaster ben rolls straight into step number 10 here and oh man the 10th step that we've outlined here is present an approval uh slash launch sign-off agreement before you launch so what you want to avoid here is launching it and opening yourself up to that scope creep of oh we just want to change one thing that comes back after a site launch here so be careful if you're if you are in an agreement where this is just a project, you know, it's important to get sign off, important to gather all the yeses before you move forward and you launch something. You want to squash those bugs that are popping up before you go out and launch. That's important. But you also want to squash the scope creep here at this point. So just getting sign off before you launch, sending over that final invoice, wrapping up the project on a really high note, and hopefully launching this into something else, a continuation of work, perhaps going forward and building an engine, configuring the automation for them. Or if you've already built an inbound game plan and built the engine and the website's the third in your client journey, rolling into that fourth phase of actually attracting traffic to this brand new website with awesome inbound campaigns that are conversion-centric, conversion-ready, driving us forward. Those are our 10 steps here, walking through this web design process. The key to each of these steps is just opening up dialogue and opening up communication with your client and over-communicating with them. That's really important through the whole process to keep those lines of communication wide open so that expectations are shared, uh, milestones are reached, goals are hit, and we just kind of move forward together. The more open and honest you are with a client through this process, we have found in our experience, the better, the more receptive they are when you need to ask, hey, could you do this? Or, hey, we can't do this template because of X, Y, and Z. If you lead first with over communication, they are going to be in a much better position if anything does come up through that process. So check out these steps. If they help you on your next website project, fantastic. Hopefully we've tapped into something that will help you hone and better document your web design process. We're all about defining your process, breaking it down into smaller repeatable pieces so that you can scale your organization. Our process for web design is documented down to the exact steps inside each task using do inbound. We encourage you to break your process down in the same way. And doing so is not only going to help you run a more operationally sound agency, it's going to help you deliver delight to your clients. Thank you for listening to the Happy Client Show. You can find the notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash happy. That's doinbound, all one word, dot com slash happy. Today's show is sponsored by Do Inbound, the world's first process and project management platform built specifically for inbound marketing agencies. Learn more at doinbound.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review of the show to help spread the happy client show vibes.